Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I'm going to turn to the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time, and then we'll be in John chapter 20 as we close today. But the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, verses 9 to 11, says this Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor practicing homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, for you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Four things today I want to see in this idea of our living out and possessing the name of Jesus and what we possess as a result of his name. The first is this, is the name of Jesus will bring, he says here, cleansing. First part of verse 11 says, and that's what some of you were, but you were washed. You were washed. Uh, The Apostle Paul asks a pointed question as verse 9 begins, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Then he begins verse 11 by saying, and such were some of you. Some wrongdoers, were, you, you were wrongdoers that's, that yourselves. That's what you were, he's saying. Meaning that when we come to Jesus, we don't stay in a lifestyle of sin. We change, we repent, we turn. Our desires changes, and that changes our choices, which in turn changes our lifestyle. That's the hurdle that the, that the rich young ruler couldn't get around in Matthew chapter 19. Nobody becomes a follower of Jesus unless we turn and repent. We can't stay the same. We, we can't become a Christ follower and stay the same. So what has to happen? Well, he says here, cleansing, first of all. We've got to be cleansed. We've got to be washed. Uh, that has to happen. And as we see in 1 John chapter 1, 7, here's how that cleansing occurs. If we, if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And watch this. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us, some translations will say purifies us, from all sin. The cleansing is then in the blood of Jesus. Our hearts can't be cleaned up and made right with God any other way except through the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. But we change. We we don't stay the same. We're not, we don't continue to be wrongdoers. We don't stay in sin. And let me say this, this, this text speaks to the sexually immoral homosexuals, adulterers, male prostitutes, greedy, thieves, drunkards. Hear me say this, every one of those is a welcome in this place. You're welcome here, but you can't stay the same. I don't stay the same when I come to Christ. I change. He changes my heart. He changes my motives. He changes what I want. He changes my values. He changes my beliefs. He changes me to where I, I, I don't come in and stay the same. I come to him as I am. And there are no degrees on sin. My, my sin of self-centeredness is just as bad as your sin, of, the sin of a murderer or a child rapist or homosexual or, or you, you name it. There are, no, there are no degrees on sin, but the sin is forgiven and repentance is what's expected when we, when we come to God. That's what he says here. I, I cleanse that. I don't, I don't leave you the same. I don't clean you up and, and, and dress up the outside. I clean you from the inside out. 
That cleansing is thorough, it, 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 it's deep, and it's lifelong. So we don't come here and stay the same. We come to be changed by Him. And that's what cleansing does. Secondly, the name of Jesus will not only bring cleansing, but it will set us apart. The second verse, part of verse 11 says, you were washed, you were sanctified. Now, after we're made clean, we're sanctified, which literally means to be set apart. You're not standing in this place anymore, you're standing in this place. You're not seeing the life through the same lens anymore, you're looking at life through a different lens. Uh, it's as we said earlier, our desires, our, 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 want, our want tos changes when we become sanctified because we're looking at life from a different place, uh, uh, from a set aside place. Now that begs the question, sanctified from whom? Sanctified from, from what? Well, from this world, from this culture. We are set apart from this world, we're set apart from this culture, that we are to look different than this culture looks, speak different than this culture speaks, act different than this culture acts if we're going to be sanctified and stand out and be a, a representative of Jesus in this world and represent his name. Paul describes in another letter, he puts it this way, that we are to be in this world but not of this world. That, and that, that should be a clear distinction for us. So how do we do that? Well, we have to look at this world and its problems, its faults, its failures, as well as its potential and its possibilities through a different lens. Uh, it's, it's actually through the lens of, of Scripture from a biblical worldview. Uh, for example, many think prophecy stopped in the Old Testament. The 24th chapter of Matthew is Jesus prophesying himself about the days we're living in today. So prophecy didn't stop in the Old Testament. It's, it's, uh, it's still ongoing today. So be careful not to, 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 to look at sanctification, this setting aside as elitist or somehow better than because we're not. Each of us are sinners in need, of sa- in need of a savior. Uh, it's, it is this idea of our being elite or, or better is, is, is not biblical, which is how the, the religious leaders of his day felt. That's why Jesus, he's, he had more to say about the religious leaders of his day, detrimental uh, than, than anything. Uh, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. Outside they look pretty good, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. It's kind of harsh language for, the, for a preacher, you know, especially for, for, some, for some carpenter's son to walk into the temple and start talking to, to the, the pastors there about that he knew them, knew the, the, their lifestyle, that they weren't, weren't all that. And their, their sanctification made them elitist, made them better than. Uh, but what he's talking about here, this setting apart, sanctification means distinctive or different, such that when people look at us, that we look like Jesus, we talk like Jesus, we act like Jesus, we think like Jesus. Because it's the name of Jesus that sanctifies us and sets us apart. Thirdly, not only will the name of Jesus bring cleansing and set us apart, but thirdly, the name of Jesus will put us in right standing. It says, but such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. You were justified. Justified is a legal term the Bible uses to explain that we're in right standing before God, who is our judge. Romans 5, 9 puts it this way. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? So similar to the blood's ability to cleanse us, it is the blood's ability to, to justify us and make us clean and purify us. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't mean that we're, we are innocent, but it means we are forgiven. We're, we are guilty of our own sin, but he doesn't see us through the lens of our sin. He sees us through the lens of Jesus' blood, and that blood 
makes us right before God. It means it's as if the charges have been dropped against us and the blood of Jesus has been applied. Uh, now, in, in this courtroom setting, make no mistake, you have an accuser. There's, there'll be someone there to accuse you. And the very things he's accusing us of are probably true of us. But God looks at us not through what the, the accuser has to say, but as I said, looked at, looks at us through our defender, his son Jesus, and the blood that he has shed, that was shed for our sins to, to cleanse us, to set us apart, and, and to give us right standing. Uh, it's, it's where the wrongs are made right. How does he do that? Well, he says here in this verse, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Uh, in our world, ladder climbers tell us it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's true in the spiritual realm as well. Uh, couldn't be more true than in the spiritual realm. Some of you may have seen uh, a documentary recently in the last couple of weeks that WVLT has run titled The Tennessee Waltz. It's a documentary based on uh, Governor Ray Blanton's freeing a bunch of convicts. Uh, in one case, a double murderer uh, gave them clemency. And in those cases, he had a legal advisor named Mr. Sisk. If you knew Mr. Sisk, you could, you could, you could buy your way out. But he was the one you had to know. If you didn't know him, you, he, he was the gateway to the governor's office. And, and if you knew Mr. Sisk, you could, you could work out a deal to buy your way out of jail with, with, with him and with Blanton. But if you didn't know him, you were kind of in hot water. Very similar here. It's not what you know, it's who you know. If you know Jesus, you're in. If you know Jesus, you, you, are, you have right standing. He looks at us through the lens of right standing, that our sins have been clean. Uh, and it, it is, they're all about who we know. Well, name of Jesus brings cleansing. It sets us apart. It puts us in right standing. Now turn to John chapter 20, if you will. And I want us to see here that the name of Jesus will give us life. The name of Jesus gives us life. Look at verse 30 and 31 of John chapter 20. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, watch this, you may have life in his name. That by believing, you may have life in his name. John's writings, uh, in case you haven't noticed, are very gospel-centric. He, he, he wants to portray Jesus as the Messiah, as the promised one, as the Son of God, often he refers to him in his gospel, but also as divine himself, and that's what he's pointing to here. Um, to say that to the reader, there, there, there is no doubt about who you're putting your faith into. You're putting your faith into God in the form of Jesus, his son. Uh, he says here, he writes, by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, he's referring here, I believe, to both life eternal and life abundant. Life eternal there and life abundant here. In fact, he states what Jesus of course, what Jesus stated in John 10, 10, when he said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, have it in abundance. That coupled with the promise of eternal life gives us this whole picture about what life really means and what he's talking about here to say, I've come that you may have life, life abundant here and life eternal there. Now, the knowledge of the eternal life there should change the abundance here. And the knowledge of the abundance here should, should <coughs> set us up for a, a rewarded life in eternity, a rewarded life in heaven. 
because we realize where life comes from, who it comes from, <clears throat> and who we are in him. So what's so significant about the name of Jesus? Turns out everything. Uh -huh. There's much to be had, and we'll see as these weeks unfold. There's much to be had with the life of a believer, not just cleansing, not just setting apart, not just making us right, not just giving us life. We're going to see uh, it's going to be fun. I, I encourage you to be here every week. But there's, there's so much that comes our way because of him. Uh, and we'll see that. So I want to pose a question to you as we wrap up today that only you can answer for you, and that's this. What significance does the name of Jesus have in your life? What significance does his name have in your life? Is, it some, is that somebody you just read about or think about at church or come sing some songs about or sing songs to? Uh, is, is that the only time we think about him and his name? Or is there a day-to-day -day thought of his name in your life? Is there a day to, do, you, do you pray in his name? Do you get up and start the day in his name? How, how does that, do you speak his name? Um, do you call on his name? Or is that, does that seem somehow foreign to you? I'm going to tell you, we're going to see <clears throat> as these weeks unfold, there's a lot of things in his name. There's healing in his name. We just sang about that. There's power in his name. We just sang about that. We want to see those things unfold, but the name of Jesus is the key. Living life in the name of Jesus is the key for you and I as believers to living life at its fullest and in abundance. But we have to know what the key is, and the key is is our living, walking, praying, speaking, thinking in the name of Jesus. Uh, there's, it's the portal, I guess is the best way I can describe it, to holiness. It's the portal to, to Godness. It's the portal to, to what he has called us to, to his design for us, his plans for us. The portal to that is accessing that by way of his name. Uh, and there's, there are right ways and wrong ways to do that, as we're going to see in these few weeks. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for these reminders from your word. We are, most of us, ill-equipped to understand it the way we need to. But we're grateful for the Spirit's leadership and his guidance to bring truth to our hearts and give us understanding, give us a sense of, of aha sometimes when we read your word and we see the power in your name, the cleansing that ours because we know you. We were wrongdoers too. Uh, all of us are wrongdoers as we just read. But you make the wrong right when you wash us. You cleanse us, make us clean. You make the wrong right when you sanctify us and set us apart. You make the wrong right when you look at us through justified lens, through, through lens of innocence and not guilt anymore because of the blood of Jesus. You give life. There is no life apart from you and apart from your name. Teach us today to dwell on those things, to hear your word, to heed it, to, to feed on it, and to walk it out. Let that be true in us this week. Whatever we've come with today, would we leave here and live tomorrow in the name of Jesus and get up on Tuesday and live on Tuesday in the name of Jesus and the same on Wednesday and the next day and the next Stir those thoughts in us. Let your name have significance to us because we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, 
and contagious walk with Christ. 